0: It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports, with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns Craig Way, to this one. and Horns twenty four seven insider Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn.
1: morning to you here. Stormy though it may have been over the past 18 hours or so, but we wish you a good morning and we hope your weekend is off to a good start. I always say that with the advisory that I completely and fully understand as a person who... Works on weekends that some folks uh, Friday might not necessarily mean the start of the weekend. You might be one of those people that your your weekend is Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't know people if weekends are Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, Thursday. So those of you that are, hey, good for you. And as we've said many times on this program, traffic a little bit easier coming in on. Friday morning. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower here on The Horn, one oh four nine-1019 AM 1260. We're live local and digital here on The Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe out today. He'll be back on Monday handling uh, both some personal and some professional business. So he's on uh, the beam on that, but he'll be back in on Monday. Our uh, erstwhile producer is none other than Cameron Parker, who is at the switch. Cam and me a little concerned yesterday when he Texted uh, Jeff Howe and I to let us know that now the reason for his text was not of concern. It was to let us know that he what you ran into Tyrese Hunter in the airport yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tyrese Hunter was outside the arrivals at Austin Bergstrom International Airport yesterday.
1: Okay, going out to or coming back from LA from the draft. draft workout? Com- yeah, so. uh, draft workouts. But the mere fact that you were at the airport. May- you're skipping out on us? You yeah. leaving? I was I was a little concerned about that, but that was not the case. No. So so you were what uh, now? Like I say, uh, Friday is normally a little bit if you're driving in the greater Austin area, a little bit easier travel day uh, on that for the traffic. It, it wasn't too bad coming in from Williamson County for me, and I imagine also for you. No, it's Monday uh, and Fridays. It's, yeah. it's
2: great days to drive. For yeah.
1: Reason. Uh, and, and so that that was good. Uh, we know we had a great deal of, of heavy rain in the greater Austin-Central Texas area, which, of course, the area needs. Uh, glad to have that now hopefully clearing out so we have uh, clear skies for baseball and, and for softball. They couldn't play softball last night, 7th-ranked uh, Texas against Oklahoma State. They're going to play this afternoon at 4.30. You can hear that on 105.3, the bat beginning at 4.15. And then they're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow at noon and 3. Texas baseball still scheduled for 7 o'clock tonight. That was... The scheduled time, 7 o'clock tonight, 2.30 tomorrow, and 2.30 Sunday. So those are the the times uh, scheduled for baseball this weekend. Now, as I mentioned, uh, it can make travel in and out of the area, stormy weather, a dicey proposition. But that's not the reason – first of all, you were out at the airport not for the reason it made me nervous. You weren't leaving town. You were meeting friends coming in from town. uh, But – they didn't all arrive? During- yeah.
2: So I had some friends flying from Charlotte in New York yesterday. And when that how weather many hit, How many total? Three people. Three and guys. they were all going to arrive around the same time? Uh, Kind of spread out. One was scheduled for 1 p.m. And he got in at on time. Uh, okay. The other one was about 3 p.m. The other one was 7 p.m. Okay. And okay. then the, my friend from New York flew into Dallas mm-hmm. on the Dallas tarmac. And gets to word that the Austin, Austin is not allowing any more planes to come in. And so we sat on the tarmac at Dallas Love Field for about two hours, I Um, believe you told me. Before finally. Before finally taking off about an hour because they they had to fly around the storm because, you know, Mm -hmm. those storms came in. They had to to fly out towards west and then fly back in eastwards to Austin. then my other friend flying in from Charlotte was going to Orlando. That flight gets canceled. So he goes to Tampa instead, arrives in Tampa only to find out his flight to Austin has been canceled. So got a hotel voucher and, on the first flight back to houston and now is on the way from houston to austin
1: do you, do you recall what time of the day when it became apparent that he was not going to be able to get out of tampa and therefore would be spending the night in tampa
2: probably about 5 p.m 5 okay. or 6 p.m
1: see i would have told him burn steakhouse you know I mean, would have, yeah uh, giving him that especially with the with the voucher thing yeah. you know uh, okay so uh but and the reasons, and I'm sure folks might have heard this, is that it had a really bizarre thing. This uh, would kind of almost belong an in inconceivable, but we got a pretty uh, loaded file with inconceivable uh, today. You probably heard, you may have heard the news, but it was an American Airlines employee who uh, who died yesterday on the tarmac. He um, was operating a ground service vehicle, and it struck a jet bridge. And uh, police in Austin, Travis County, EMS, called to the airport, found the employee with, quote, obvious signs of trauma to his body. Unfortunately, the male succumbed to his injuries, according to the reports. It's being investigated as an accidental death, an airport operation. Here's the thing. It said airport operations were not affected. Yeah, well, they kind of were because flights were halted, Right. So uh, your friend's flight was halted. So it was yeah. that kind of deal, but just uh, tragic there, and it was uh, uh, difficult and it's very bizarre. Something happened, um, and, and and we'll get. I imagine more details will will be unearthed. What what kind of vehicle? You know, it could have been one of those uh, baggage uh, long vehicles. You know, it could have been that. It, uh, it could have been. It could have been a pickup truck that's loading stuff. It could have been. A couple of different things.
2: The jet bridge—that's what you walk on from after leaving the, when you deplane
1: or when you board the plane. You go through the jet bridge, that little, yeah. the little tunnel uh, that comes from the gate itself. That's the jet bridge. Uh, the vehicle struck the jet bridge, which tells me one of two things: either the vehicle was at an elevated level, or the jet bridge mm-hmm. was down low and had not been raised up when it struck, yeah. or it happened in motion. So, I won't speculate. Only to say that it's. You know, it's sad. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, it's a very sad, uh, indeed, and, and uh, tragic. So, uh, our spec text line, as always, is open at five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Glad to have you with us. Uh, you can weigh in with your thoughts, your texts, your your questions. We'll try to get those as well. Like for example, somebody said, "I don't have weekends." I yeah. Um, Co-sign here right now okay <laughs> i had a um i had a uh an open sunday i was trying to think of it was i had an open sunday that uh was my first in three months but then uh you know it's it it goes with the territory or what was it that uh the great old uh uh, Dallas Cowboys beat writer and then great columnist from the Dallas Times Herald, Frank Luxa covered the Cowboys for many many years. He had a phrase, and it was a phrase uh, that he pulled out when Nate Newton one time talked about how the Cowboys in their heyday did not wish to be role models. You know, people would say, "Well, you guys got to behave yourself; you're role models." He said, "We didn't. We didn't ask to be role models." And Frank Luxa's reply was, "It came with the meal." So, like, if you go to a you know a, a banquet or something, and you get this nice meal, but you got to listen to some long winded person talking and talking and talking, and you know, uh, uh, speaking a guest speaker, it came with the meal, uh, and it and it kind of goes with it. So, in my case, uh, for for my uh, professional responsibilities, in addition to getting an opportunity to uh, sit here and visit with you folks every day, which I really treasure and really enjoy. And I mean it sincerely. I really do like this, uh, like doing it. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the calling of baseball games or football games or basketball games, it's all important. Uh, and that means you work weekends. So it came with the meal. It's just part It's part of the deal. It, it is. So I, I get you when somebody said I don't have weekends. So hopefully uh, you get a chance to enjoy whatever downtime you get so uh somebody said uh, light the tower my favorite show during football season glad to know that and uh hope that it'll that it uh it can we can be of some service to you in the non-football portion of the season as well uh dude kelly te- texting in on the specs text line says i had all kinds of flight issues yesterday got back into austin made it back about five hours late Ugh Five hours late on that. Uh, somebody asked, is Texas softball on ESPN2 still was supposed to be last night? I, don't, I think it's a Longhorn Network today because it's 4.30. I think it was set up that way. This is the original start time. It was set up for 4.30. And while the baseball game is at 7 o'clock, so you have a little bit of window so that LHN can televise both. And, of course, like we said, you can hear uh, both of those contests here um uh, on the Austin Radio Network family of stations. Uh, 415 airtime, four thirty first first pitch on 105.3 The Bat. With Andrew Haynes on the call, uh, Texas against Oklahoma State from McCombs And at 7 o'clock, uh, Roger Wallace will join me for the call. 645 airtime, 7 o'clock first pitch on The Horn on 104.9 FM uh, as uh, Texas will take on the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, speaking of college baseball, coming up uh, here at the, in just a few minutes, uh, we'll get to our Longhorn notebook a little bit early, uh, as we're going to hear from uh, uh, from head coach David Pierce and also from Porter Brown, and uh, we'll we'll hear from Porter coming up in the second hour of the program. But David Pierce uh, I- here in a few minutes, some thoughts on Tanner Witt and some thoughts on Oklahoma, and then at the bottom of the hour, Kendall Rogers from D1Baseball.com will join us. Uh, We'll talk about uh, not only uh, Texas and the Big 12, but, of course, Kendall uh, covers baseball in the national scene for D1Baseball.com. Get his thoughts uh, on um, the top three RPI-rated conferences in the country and does not include the Big 12. The Big 12 is number four. Number one is the SEC. Number two is the ACC. and Number three is the Pac-12. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that, and there are some big matchups in college baseball this week, and there's some other issues as well uh, that Kendall has has written about. So we're going to get to that uh, coming up around the bottom of the hour. We have Inconceivable uh, later this hour. Cam, it is Friday, and you know what Friday means with Inconceivable.
2: Got to reach for that low-hanging fruit.
1: Yep, comes uh, there from, as Jeff would say, the most flaccid states of the lower uh, 48, and that would be Florida. We do have some Florida man stuff, but we got some other things, too, within conceivable. So we're going to get to that. Then, uh, just past the top of the hour, 11 o'clock, our weekly conversation with Gene Watson, the assistant general manager of the Kansas City Royals, get his thoughts on Major League Baseball uh, going on. And, uh, yeah, there's this burgeoning story that seems to be that uh, the Angels, that they fall out of contention, might deal Shohei Otani. Uh, Gino uh, worked a little over a year ago with uh, – with the Angels and then went back to Kansas City where he'd spent so many years, went back uh, to be uh, promoted to assistant general manager. So he's back there. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the baseball scene, the the odd deal with uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, also, um, we've, we've talked some pitch clock and some things like that and just get in his thoughts on the first month of the season. So uh, we'll do all that coming up. And so we're happy to uh, take your text as well. Uh, <laughs> so the day Jeff isn't there, he can't respond. With the Spurs tweeted out yesterday about Tim Duncan. Oh well, we'll save that for him then. We'll we'll do that. And um, Jim from Lago Vista, it's been a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. I yeah, hope so too. Uh, <laughs> Russell says, "Hey Craig, can we get a daily Dodgers update?" Pretty exciting game last night. Um, as big a fan as I am, uh, I I don't think. That it would be fair to the other major league teams to just do a daily Dodger update. We're not in L.A., uh, we're not in California, so I, I, I'm. Since of that, we talk Astros and Rangers a lot, but I'll, I'll drop something in. What he what he is referring to is the game last night at Wrigley Field, and I'll get to that in a moment because Cam, you were just pointing out, uh, and and we'll have a, a flex thirty update that we'll do as well. About you were pointing out uh, the other day. Uh, that when, it, when is the Round Rock game at Vista Ridge? Is it next Tuesday? Night? Yeah, next
2: Tuesday night. Okay,
1: all right. Because, <clears throat> uh, and, and you mentioned, you said you had um, a son go through there. I did. Two sons and two daughters, in fact. And uh, my second daughter is employed there. She is a teacher, uh, teaches dance, and associate dance team director of the Star Steppers. And last night I was on the Vista Ridge campus uh, for their annual Star Stepper spring show. And by annual, it's been going on for 20 years since the school opened in 2003. Arizona Lopez has done a tremendous job as the as the uh, uh, head director there. And uh, my both of my daughters went through the program. Both were Star Steppers. My oldest daughter, Haley, was a company leader. Uh, Julianne, who teaches there now, was uh, an officer and was uh, the uh, uh, Star Steppers' captain her senior year, uh, which this, again, for folks, time flies Ten years ago 2012 2013 and then she went on to Texas state uh, and uh, was a Texas state strutter and was senior captain at the strutters and the, uh, of the strutters and then uh, hired uh, she got her degree in dance education from Texas State because that's what she wanted to do and so she's living the dream and uh, Vista Ridge had an opening the timing worked out she got hired back so she's been back there for a few years um, I think five years uh and uh they they do their spring show annually, and that's the one where and and um when uh c b is is posted the deal where the dad daughter dance where you know there was there was me and julianne dancing you know the dad daughter i was I was glad to just sit last night in the vista ridge auditorium and watch other dads and moms do a parent dance with that and just think. Yeah, kind of glad not
2: doing that anymore. Yeah.
1: Kind of glad. Did did that with both daughters and yeah, unfortunately, it's it's out there. It's it's out there in the YouTube world or something. So it's it's been posted in the past, but but you you do what you do as a parent, you know? So I was there last night on campus for for uh for that at uh, at Ridge. and uh but I was also thinking about what you were saying about how you know, here it is, uh, you know, we're we're starting to head down the home stretch in um, district play for for high school baseball around the area and across the state. We went down the uh, top 25 polls in all of the state's classifications uh, last week or yesterday and uh, in the greater Austin and central Texas area well represented. Now, are you supposed to do a game tonight?
2: Yeah, out at Cedar Ridge, round round Rockins the the Raiders. Tonight. Okay, th- 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 let's go
1: ahead and do the Flex 30 update while we have an opportunity. We can we can do this right here and and uh, talk about it. So, time
0: for our Flex 30 update. Let's do that. Flex ATX. For the best high school sports coverage, listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement.
1: Okay, so uh, high school baseball tonight. Yeah. Uh, and, and important. So you said uh, Round Rock playing uh, Cedar Ridge tonight?
2: Yeah. So Round Rock wrapped up their district championship on Tuesday night after the beating Cedar Ridge. So that's locked up. Okay. And then, Craig, I noticed you're wearing a Westlake shirt, which you can see on our Twitch, by the way, at no, was That was
1: uh, something Coach Salazar gave to me.
2: So right now there's a three-way tie first place in 26-6 day between Westlake, Lake Travis, and Bowie. All at 10-2. We mentioned yesterday the Lake Travis, Westlake, a pair of uh, top-10 teams yeah. in the state. And Bowie's in that three-way tie. Yeah, Well, Bowie, Lake Travis, they have a home and away against each other the next week. So that's going to be decided for itself. But it's coming out to the wire in 26-6. Westlake, I believe, has to play Akins and Austin High to close the season out. So right. a little bit more of a schedule advantage for Westlake. But if Lake Travis or Bowie can sweep either one, then we might have a tie going into uh, the end of might be some co- co-district champions, rather. Twenty six six
1: a. How about that? And uh, could make it
2: a really interesting.
1: We say this in every sport when twenty five six a. And twenty six six a. Align. Yeah. Starting with football, but it also goes to boys basketball, girls basketball, uh, baseball, softball. Uh, when those two districts get together in 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 the by district round, it really is kind of a a, a, a u- unique. Uh, almost in some ways, level matchup in the first round of the playoffs. And while some might think that, well, that's unfortunate that they that you know uh, some really good teams get knocked out in round one, uh, it you can probably imagine that the survivors of those games in the bi district round are going to be really difficult to beat as the playoffs progress.
2: Yeah. So yeah, there's a path that Round Rock and Westlake do meet in their region of the bracket, possibly later on in the playoffs. Or whoever is that number one team, maybe it's Lake Travis or it is Bowie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Depending on where they, they fall down in the order because that's how they decide that the playoff race. True. And
1: out and of 25-6A, the four playoff teams right now would be led by Round Rock. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Westwood.
2: Vandergrift and Vista Ridge. Mm-hmm. Vista Ridge is probably going to be second.
1: Okay, all right. So that's, that's a pretty interesting matchup yeah. then next Tuesday yeah. over at the Ridge. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. We'll, we'll see if Round Rock decides to rest. Travis Sikor, I know we have a text coming in asking when they can see Sakor again. He would be scheduled for next Tuesday at Vista Ridge. Now, depending on uh, what Coach Carter wants to do with him, he wants to rest him up for the playoffs, keep him going. It may be until that first game of the playoff season, but he is scheduled prematurely right now for next Tuesday at Vista Ridge.
1: There you are. So, to the texter, he said, I'm lost going around the barn to get to the garage, I guess. That's one of my favorites. A lot of times I say going around the garage to get to the barn, but it can be either way. (laughs) As a friend of mine once said, when you say six of one, half a dozen of the other, had a producer and said, oh, that's six, one, half, the other. I'm like, oh, what? And he said, that's six, one, half. I said, you mean six of one, half a dozen of the other? He goes, yeah, that. You know, six, one, half, the other.
2: Yeah, whatever you said before. Yeah, and that. somebody
1: else said, out of fun, uh, my uh, best friend Alex, says, uh, that's six and a half dozen of one or the other. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's phrases that people... Botch or don't get right. Same producer that, that six one half the uh, half the other said he's just shaking my tree to see if any peaches fall out. What? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> there it is. Here is your flex thirty update on this. Uh, CB says when does the, the rest of the twenty twenty three recruiting class get to campus? June. Uh, well. When their when their respective academic semesters are done at high school, and then they enroll for summer one and get into conditioning of the off season work, we heard Sark say this after the spring game last Saturday. He said it's an incredibly important time right now. I know, you know, folks think of spring football and they think of fall camp. And, of course, the season itself is, is the big breadwinner, if you will, and the practices that go on in-season during football season. But Sarrant made a point to point out that that off-season conditioning work uh, is, is so important for those guys, especially the freshmen coming in. They get in, and the ones who are returning for the summer. I mean, pretty much gone are the days where somebody would show up in August <laughs> and say, okay, well, I'm I'm not enrolling until the fall, so uh, that's okay. I'm just going to show up here and do that. No, they get in early and get them in the programs so that they can get them ramped up physically so they don't fall behind, those who are there. So it'll be as the summer commences, and I don't mean on the calendar June 21st. I'm talking about as summer one commences on the college campus <laughs> Somebody said, had tiled that. He said, i always heard kill two stones with one bird. <laughs> the inverse of killing uh, two birds with one stone. So, uh, Johnson, great seeing you last night. Craig, thanks for coming out and supporting Star Steppers. Yeah, it was great, great show and, you know, all that. That's a really, really enjoyed that. Um, Somebody said, "Is it okay to say I'll be glad we go to the SEC and no longer at, and no longer have to wonder if I can or can't watch a Texas sport only on LHN?" Um, It's okay for you to say that. Also, understand um, that when it gets absorbed into, and and that's the word that uh, the phrase that CDC is using with regard to Longhorn Network when he's been asked at every single. Place where he's had a speaking engagement when we did the uh, Texas Fight Tour uh, last spring and uh, CDC and um, and uh, and Sark and uh, Vic Schaefer and myself when we weren't playing when we were going to places uh, he would get asked at every single stop uh, when we get to the SEC well LA, Jimmy and he said it's going to be he said it's going to be absorbed uh, in that was the the tour last year where. At one it was when we were out out in Midland when he said all oh, the history, yeah <laughs> yeah, that one uh it was a hit both there and in Dallas when he said it but but he meant it also in complimentary fashion about how you get to see all of those past things but and there'll be a platform for that, but there will still be it'll be absorbed basic three basically uh through s e c plus which is basically the other name for ESPN plus as it relates and applies to as sec programming. So it'll be through that. So it's still going to be subscription based. Uh, it's just that I know some folks say they don't have an opportunity even to access it, uh, because of that. So, uh, which they will, uh, CB says, is it chomping at the bit or champing at the bit? I've heard both. I, I usually say, um, chomping. Somebody said, Craig, what does your oldest daughter do for a living? She raises children and does a heck of a job. (laughs) Haley has four kids. I'm a four-time grandfather, two boys, two girls. I mean, you talk about following in your parents' footsteps. I mean, I had four kids. She has four kids. I had two boys, two girls. She has two boys, two girls. Here's the difference. Uh, From from the first one to the last one, there was a decade uh, with with my four. Uh, With hers. Uh, the oldest is seven, and then you have five, uh, or soon to be five, I guess, five, uh, three, and one, or closing in on two. So, yeah, it's it's all within a compressed amount of time. So, uh, she's married to a military veteran, a, 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 a war vet from uh, Afghanistan who is a firefighter in uh, Flower Mound. And uh, they're great parents and have uh, and uh, wonderful grandkids. So that's what she's super mom is what she is. She does that. She actually does do some substitute teaching in, in the Louisville ISD. Uh, has that kind of going as a side hustle, but she's basically been the uh, super mom. Uh, Stoner asked me if I'm doing the Texas Fight Tour. Uh, I have not yet been approached on that. So doesn't mean it won't happen. I just hadn't heard about it yet. So. Uh, Elio says, when I used to make excuses, my mom used to say, if your grandma had wheels, she would be a bicycle. (laughs) My niece as a kid said, you're freaking me nuts. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I've always said flash in the pants instead of flash in the pan. So embarrassed after finding out I was wrong. Flash in the
2: pants. pants. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. There you go.
1: Hey, you can apply that. All right. Coming up. Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com. We'll take your other fractured phrases if you've got uh, if you've got some of those. Uh, we'll take those coming up. And when we continue here with Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9 a.m. 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Light the Tower.
1: This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craigway with you here on this Friday morning. Little Luther Vandross getting you going there with uh, never too much because it's never too much when we talk college baseball with our next guest, the man who is known out for his outstanding work. D1Baseball.com. He is a man of the people and a man of the collegiate game of hardball. He's Kendall Rogers who joins us on the Vaquero's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. I appreciate the time. How are you, Kendall?
3: I'm doing great, man. How about yourself?
1: Great. I appreciate you taking the time. Now, uh, I, I'm always fascinated by uh, your your travels because people ask me about my travels, but, but you uh, get about to different uh, collegiate baseball action across the country. Are you going anywhere exotic this weekend, or, or are you keeping it close to home?
3: It's very exotic. I'm uh, I'm staying in my office and watching as many games as I can. It's, it's been kind of interesting this year. So the beauty of living in the state of Texas, and you know this as well as anybody, is, you know, you see so many teams like the first four or five weeks of the season. So it really kind of negates the the reasoning for going on the road a ton during the season. You know, 15 years ago, I'd go go somewhere every weekend, but, you know, times have changed a little bit. And uh, you know, I'll see, you know, I'll go on the road. I should be at the Big 12 tournament here in a few weeks and I'll probably hit the West Coast at, at one point. But uh, yeah, it's been really interesting this year, Craig, just kind of watching, you know, action from coast to coast. I think, you know, the Pac-12, the Big 12, from, from what I've watched, uh, they're wide open, you know, conference races. I think the SEC is really top heavy. The ACC is pretty much the Wait Forest show. And so it's been pretty interesting.
1: Uh you brought up a couple of points I want to get to. Let me let me start with the Pac12. Sure. Uh because I mentioned uh that uh, the way it, by any measurement uh certainly what you guys do at D1 uh what is also done if 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 people going looking at their favorite RPI uh uh listings and things like that they're going to see SEC, number one-ranked conference in the country, ACC, number two, and they're going to see Pac-12, number three. And, and for folks, who are, what about Big 12? Big 12 would be four. But uh, if you look at the computer numbers on that, there's some drop-off between one and two, two and three and three and four, isn't there?
3: There really is. I mean, I think if you look at the SEC and the ACC, I think they're a little bit ahead of the other, other couple of conferences. And I think the biggest thing with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is those are both conferences where everybody's going to kind of beat up on each other. If you look at the Pac-12, and I'll, I'll single out the Pac-12 here, uh, when you look at the Pac-12, this is typically a league, you know, at least like in the last five years where you're going, hey, like it's tough, to, it's tough to find a fifth and sixth postseason team. Well, you know, this year, you know, you look at the Pac-12 as a whole, and like I could legitimately look at that league and go, hey, like there are like seven or eight teams in this league that I, would put in a, that I could put in a regional, and I think they could compete. And so I think the Pac-12 was better. Uh, and I even think the Big 12 was better. You know, I mean, you look at Baylor, you know, sitting at four games out of, you know, first place right now. I mean, had you told me a month and a half ago that Baylor would only be four games out of first place right now? I probably would have thought you were a little crazy. And as you saw firsthand over the weekend in Waco, like Mitch Thompson is literally getting every ounce out of that team that he possibly can. Like, he's done an amazing job. And so... I think even the Big 12 teams. There a lot of people look at the RPIs and go, "Oh, well, this league's just not very good." I think this league's just really balanced. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you know the the Big 12 has a Wake Forest or LSU or Florida or something, but I mean they're all really solid clubs.
1: I totally agree with you on that. And and uh, uh, the other point that was going to get you to jump right on is Wake Forest because whenever I mention this and. And uh, of course, uh, Keith Morlow joins me on the road on the radio broadcast and works LHN. He votes on a Hall of Famers poll, and he had Wake Forest number one on his ballot. And whenever I, I mention this to other people, they're going, Really? Really? Wake Forest? Because when you think of the ACC, <laughs> maybe we've thought of North Carolina, we've thought of Louisville, we've thought of Clemson uh, in the past. Uh, but the, the two names I'm hearing, and even NC State, obviously, but the, but the, the names that I'm hearing lately. Uh, Boston College, even though they've had a, a, a rock or two of late uh, in their path a little bit, and they've got a big series yeah. in Chapel Hill this weekend, and then Wake Forest. And and for folks who don't know anything about this Demon Deacons program, other than the last time they saw them was at the regional Adele Diamond in 07 against Texas, uh, what is it about this Wake Forest ball club that really impresses you?
3: Yeah, first of all, Boston College, Mike Gambino, has done an amazing job. I mean, you talk about a program that's overachieved. They were picked dead last by pretty much everybody, uh, you know, going into the season in the ACC. And, and right now they make a regional. I, I'm I'm with you. I kind of wonder if they have staying power a little bit. But, you know, Wake Forest is one of those programs that, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I was hesitant to go all in on them before the season because, I mean, you're talking about a program that, you know, as you well know, like, if, if there is not a culture, uh, you know, present to a, of a, you know, a championship type of culture, it's really hard to kind of meet those expectations. And if you look at Wake Sports as a program, this is a program um, that has been in Omaha since the early 1950s. And when you look at them this year, I mean, They've literally checked every single box, and, and that's without Teddy McGraw, probably their projected number two starter coming in the season. They lost him, and what's happened? Uh, you know, Rhett Louder continues to be, you know, arguably one of the top two or three pitchers in college baseball. You know, Sean Sullivan, a Northwestern transfer, has done a really nice job. And then Josh Hartle uh, has, you know, turned into a, you know, front-line ace you know, in the Sunday role. And then you look at Camden Minacci on the back end and that's an all American. And that's not even including a, an offensive lineup that probably has three all Americans as well. So, you know, LSU might be the number one team in the country, but you can make a very, very strong argument right now that Wake Forest is not only the best team in the country, but they're also the most balanced. I actually think they're, they are the most balanced team right now. Uh, I'm just still sticking with LSU just because of the star power offensively.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. And before I jump to the ACC, uh, SEC, uh, less people forget, obviously, you've got Virginia, North yeah. Carolina, Boston College, Wake Forest, Louisville, Duke, by the way, I think has been uh, at, at times. We've seen some impressive things yes. out of the Blue Devils this season.
3: No, they haven't. And Chris Pollard, you know, people kind of forget that they had back-to-back super regional appearances uh, a couple years ago, and they kind of had a, a rough year last year. But, uh, you know, again – that's a program that a decade ago you were going, man, they have no shot to compete in this league. And all of a sudden you make the right hire, you get the right admin, in, you know, in place. And, uh, you know, that they you know, all of a sudden make a move. So, yeah, Chris has done a really nice job. And, again, you know, you talk about teams dealing with injuries, you know, they haven't had Jonathan Santucci for a couple of weeks. And he is by far their ace pitcher, and they continue to win. So, a lot of teams around college baseball, and frankly, that's kind of the storyline of college baseball to an extent right now, is how many times or how many teams around the country have overcome some significant injuries, including the University of Texas.
1: True enough. Uh, Visiting with Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com. Okay, let's jump to the SEC because they've been uh, the number one uh, rated conference in the country, uh, stock loaded with outstanding teams. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on on a couple of ball clubs. First of all, uh, one of the questions I get quite often is people are asking, what's wrong with Tennessee? And then then, uh, who do you see right now, other than LSU, is it is it Vanderbilt? Is it Arkansas? Who really stands out to you? Kentucky has been number one RPI uh the rated team in the country, or are the real dangerous yeah. teams other than LSU coming out of the SEC?
3: Yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing with Tennessee is, you know, it's it's kind of been a perfect storm for them. I mean, this is a club last year that offensively just absolutely overwhelmed teams. And if you look at Tennessee so far this year, They've only got a couple of guys with double-digit home runs. I think last year they had seven or eight guys with double-digit home runs. Um, they're near the bottom of the SEC in, in team defense right now. Um, you know, pitching-wise, Chase Burns, who was a freshman of the year last year, his ERA is over 12. You know, Chase Dolander, who will probably be a top five pick in the draft, his ERA is over five in the SEC. Uh, and then Drew Beam hasn't been very good. So if you don't play defense, you're not hitting with consistency. I think they're hitting 240 in the SEC. And you're starting pitching that star-studded is struggling. Uh, that is a recipe for a lot of a, a lot of losses. And so, you know, maybe you kind of look at Tennessee and go, "Hey, maybe with Vandy at home this week and a rival, maybe this is finally what gets them going." But I think this is their last stand. I think if if they play bad against Vanderbilt, it's hard for me to envision them going on a run. I think when you look at the rest of the league overall, uh, I mean, as much as people hate to see it or hate to say it like the SEC might honestly get five top eight national seeds. And the reason is, is because as of right now, there's not a big 12 team that would be a top eight. Um, you know, the, the PAC 12 is borderline with Stanford and Oregon. So let's just assume in, in the American with East Carolina, like they would be a top eight as of today, but the American only has one team that's ECU that has a top 100 RPI. So you kind of feel like their RPI is going to drop in the twenties. So the SEC is in a position where it could legitimately get five top eight seeds. When you look at South Carolina, Arkansas Florida Vandy lSU uh, I will say two two things on the SEC uh, I love what Vandy's done so far this year. I think we all you know we all saw them at Globe Life earlier this year. Had you told me they would be this good after that weekend, I would have been a little surprised and the same goes for Arkansas. Uh, I think Dave Van Horn done his best coaching job this year. you know you talk about losing your Friday starter, your closer, uh, your top reliever, and they haven't skipped a beat. Uh, you know, they're still a top top five, 5'16", you know, in, in the country. Um, and then the other team for me, South Carolina, you know, what a job that Mark Kingston has done. Him and Nick Mangione in Kentucky both. Both of those coaches came into the season knowing they had to win big to keep their jobs, essentially, and both coaches have done so. I think South Carolina, for me, has more staying power. I think when you look at, you know, the Gamecocks, Ethan Petry uh, is probably the top freshman in college baseball right now. He's done a phenomenal job uh, in their lineup. And uh, you know they got more than enough on the mound, um, you know, to make a run to Omaha. So it's good to see the Gamecocks back. And let's not forget about Florida. You know, the Gators. You know, they're, they're right in the hunt yet again. You know, keeping on Jack Caglione, uh, the top two-way player in college baseball.
1: Uh Kendall, let me get, let me get your your pick. If I were to present to you four series this weekend, uh, and and you could just. Transport there, and you'd be there for this series instead of watching them all at home, which might be the best thing anyway. But if out of out of these four <laughs> series, which one would you be most interested in watching up close and personal? Boston College in North Carolina, uh, also uh, Southern Miss at Coastal Carolina, uh, Vanderbilt at Tennessee, or uh, Texas A&M at Kentucky.
3: I'm going to actually go with Southern Miss and Coastal. Um, You know, one of the big storylines for me this year has been the Sun Belt. You know, this is a league when they added Southern Miss and ODU. I thought it would take a big step forward, and it really has. I mean, this is a league now that is five, six, seven teams deep. I think, I mean, I even really, really like Texas State's team. Uh, I know they've had some, you know, bumps in the road, but, you know, they're healthy now. They're really scary to me. Uh, but I look at Coastal, you know, kind of the, the the return of Gary Gilmore and just the job that they've done this year. Uh, and then Southern Miss, you know, they're one step away from the College World Series last year with, with Tanner Hall and company, and uh, they're right back in the thick of things in the hosting mix. And, and keep it out on that series, because when it comes to the top 16 regional hosts, I think the winner of Southern Miss and Coastal will be hosting at the end of the season.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. And then of these teams that I'm going to uh, pre- present to you, which is a dark horse that folks are not really talking that much about that they really need to be aware of. All right? I'm going to give you these. Campbell, Indiana State. uh, uh, Also, I was going to say Southern Miss, but you you gave a great uh, uh, breakdown on them. So I'll go instead to uh, UTSA and... Also, another one that folks – well, I'll give you another one that, that folks may not be that wary, uh, aware of, but they might be pretty soon, and that's West Virginia.
3: Yeah, I'll go with Campbell. You know, I think when you look at what those guys have done the last few years, I mean, they've been in the mix every single year. If you remember a couple of years ago, they gave Tennessee all they could handle the Knoxville Regional. Uh, they've got a frontline ace in Case Heeler. Um, they've, they've got a big-time offense. They hit for a lot of power. Uh, and Justin the has done a really nice job there. And, and let's not forget, I mean, I think from a re, from a geography standpoint, I think they'd probably be in a regional that they would probably think they can win. So I, I would go with Campbell. But you know, West Virginia is really interesting to me too. Obviously, the health of JJ uh, JJ Weatherhold is paramount. But uh, you know, you look at their pitching with you know you know Benhampton and uh, you know Blaine Traxel. You know, they've got some nice pieces on the back end with Carlson Reed and company. Uh, they're they're very dangerous as well.
1: He's Kendall Rogers. You can read his outstanding work. Subscribe to D1Baseball dot com. It's always great to visit with you. I'm sure I'll see you down the road uh, somewhere, if nowhere else, in Arlington at the Big Twelve tournament. I appreciate the time and and enjoy the weekend of a. Yeah, buddy. Are you going to have a whole wall of games on? Is that the deal? How you're setting that up?
3: So, so I so it's 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 a little overwhelming if you're not used to it. But I do, usually do a quad box on a big screen. Yep. And I have like a game going on an iPad and then a game game going on a laptop. So I'm watching. Six games at
1: once. It's a man after it's my own a heart. Lot to keep up with. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Kendall, thanks for the time. I appreciate. It. Enjoy the weekend.
3: Thanks, Craig. Be good, buddy. All Thank right. You.
1: That's Kendall Rogers. d one baseballcom Sounds like Kendall's been in touch with uh, Tom McKay of Audiovisual Consultations, all that stuff, the quad box and then the extra stuff and the iPad and all that sort of thing. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, While it's fresh on my mind for baseball because uh, someone had asked me uh, about a a Dodger update, he said, pretty exciting game last night, where I was getting back to the deal when I I was talking about being over at Vista Ridge. When Linda Linda and I left, we decided to go get a late bite to eat, and we went by a place, and they had the Dodgers-Cubs game on. And it was... 2-2 Two two in the top of the ninth, and James Outman hits a grand slam home run. So the Dodgers won that game at Wrigley. So that's what the reference was uh, to that on there, and uh, and uh, we've got the other folks uh, weighing in. Lespecs tax on. Like we said, if you have a a, a fractured phrase or uh, a weird uh, phrase, that, that that's okay. Uh, somebody said in the words of the great Billy Gibbons, "It's easy top." Somebody else been shaking your tree. Uh, supposed to be saving all that stuff or that fruit for me. Uh, uh, That wife... He's a wife. He thought the 80s musical duo was called Hauling Oats.
2: Instead of Hauling (laughs) Oats.
1: Hauling Oats. I like that. Hauling Oats. (laughs) Uh, Somebody that my grandfather used to call Walmart. Walmart didn't matter how many times my mother corrected him. just came out Walmart. I know a lot of people did that. In fact, uh, my buddy... uh, David Garrett, his grandmother would say it with a plural S on the air, Walmarts. Walmarts. We're going to go down to Walmarts. And he said, they used to ask her, Grandma, how do you spell that? She said, What? Walmarts. How do you spell it? W A L M A R T. Right. Walmarts.
2: <laughs> so My dad, he, he knows that Steve Sarkeesian's name is Steve Sarkeesian, but, but he, he says Sarkeesian. Him, he calls him Shark.
1: Oh. <laughs> Instead
2: of saying Sark, he says, he says shark. shark. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, you mean Sark? He's like, Sark, yeah, whatever. But shark should do this. He's like, who's Shark? You mean Sark? No matter what, it's always coming out Shark. <laughs> so he said, I went to my first Catholic wedding about 10 years ago,
1: and I'm not a church-going person. When all of the patrons turned to greet each other, I thought they were saying, nice to meet you and not peace be with you when you're passing the peace. I'm sure you can imagine the looks I got from all of Nice to meet you. Nice. To- no, no, no. Peace be with you. Okay. All right. Uh, up next, we will uh, get to inconceivable. Some of these uh, phrases might, that fractured phrases or names might be inconceivable as well. When we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049, 1019 a.m. 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the horn app at hornfm.com.
0: Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it
1: means what you think it means. Ha, <laughs> ha. Uh, some of these uh, phrases, folks are dropping in. The fractured phrases, as I call them, uh, it might fit it in conceivable. Somebody said, as a preschooler watching football, I insisted that I kept hearing penalty until my sister, who no- knew nothing about football but did know the English language, convinced me it was penalty. <laughs> Very humbling. <"Fenalty>. Penalty. Penalty. <laughs> penalty. Uh, Jeff Mudd says some of my ex's best missed phrases include, I'll just have a sick sense about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> the water's too hot. It scolded me. <laughs> it's naughty you. The window seal is dirty. The seal is dirty. And my favorite, I think that singer Nick Latchkey is cute. <laughs> Nick, Who's Nick Lachey? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Niklatsky. Uh, uh, Chance is an awkward word for me when I first came to this country was the word aluminum. British English required us to accentuate the dictions of the word aluminum. Yeah, you had to to do that.
2: Reminds me of the the Chevy Chase line community show, Craig, where instead of saying um, he has street smarts, you're streets ahead. Yes. That was Chevy Chase's coin or phrase he was trying to coin in the show, streets ahead. Streets ahead uh it's a the kenny
1: rogers song 400 children instead of four hungry children you picked the fine time to leave me 400 children in a crop in the field if i was lucille i'd leave two if there were 400 and my mom's chick-fil-a chick-a-flick <laughs> we'll get to some more though those coming these are great uh <laughs> There's a chick a right next door to the Walmarts. Uh, be sure and drop by for that. Okay. Uh, we got a couple of things uh, to get to. First of all, speaking of fast food, this was big news from McDonald's yesterday, and I didn't have time to get to it. Um, You mentioned what, what you like best, the McDouble. Yeah. But do you like a Big Mac?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't no order good? it. Uh, I, I'm, I haven't ordered a Big Mac in years, but I'll eat it. I would
1: say I would venture to guess and say what people who have, who like the Big Mac like most about it uh, might be the special sauce, and I like yeah. it. I I, I kind of like the little bun in the middle and all mm-hmm. that stuff too. Well, now this this announcement came out yesterday. McDonald's uh, announcing changes recently to the signature burgers. We talked about those, but now starting next week for a limited time. Customers who order through the app will be able to get the Big Mac sauce in a dip cup. Mm. Like when you get, you know, barbecue sauce yeah. or honey, mustard or whatever when you get, like, for your nuggets. You can get Big Mac sauce. You get the special sauce in a cup.
2: The special sauce, that's just like Thousand Island much. dressing, right? Just Pretty with much. probably more mayo or something, much. horseradish, whatever. Yeah.
1: Linda and I went to, uh, we had been in a long time when we were going by when we went to gyms to get a bite to eat. Not that long ago, and and she likes to get the cheeseburger, not the Frontier Burger, which is pretty much like a Big Mac, mm-hmm. but she gets the cheeseburger with the special sauce on it, <laughs> the Thousand Island, so she can have the best of both worlds. Well, now apparently you can do that at at McDonald's now, at least for a limited time, you can get the uh, Big Mac sauce in its own dip cup.
2: That would be great for french fries, correct? Um, I'm already thinking about that. There you go. Perfect. Usually I go with the honey mustard sauce for the dipping, but... Yeah. Mm, special yeah.
1: sauce now? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yesterday we mentioned the story about the Oakland A's are going to become the Las Vegas A's or they're going to move to Las Vegas. I don't know if they'll keep the athletic. I hope they keep the name. I mean, it goes back to the old Philadelphia Athletic Club of the yeah. late 1800s to early 1900s. They were the Philadelphia A's and then they became the Kansas City A's and the Oakland A's are going to move to Las Vegas. They put it this way. A's ownership has secured land, so they I'm gonna try to get a ballpark there and get it. And you know who's not happy about that other than Ace fans in Oakland? Yeah. How, how about Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis? Oh. Yeah. He's like, copycat following us to Vegas. He actually was really, really mad that they did. His quote was I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland. They squatted on a lease for ten years and made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. Uh, They were looking for a stadium. We were looking for a stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium. They went ahead and signed a 10-year lease with the city of Oakland and said, we're the base team. Now, um, so, yeah, he he said that in the Las Vegas Journal. He said his real grudge with the A's is with their current management group. I have nothing against the players. I was an A's fan way back in the day. Reggie Jackson and all those guys. Reggie's a good friend, but not this management group. No. He said he's not pleased about that. I do find it kind of ironic that here is a guy complaining about a team moving. <laughs> it's the owner of the Raiders. Yeah. Also, you, know? you could
2: say that his haircut for the last twenty oh. years was also inconceivable. But he also he also shaved it now, and he looks yeah. he looks a lot better. Yeah, but that was a very moving. inconceivable yeah. bowl cut that, that he had. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. It was not good. Um, okay. Uh, I got three Florida stories because it is a Florida Friday. First, we have something that's kind of uplifting. Mm. You know, uh, we, we on occasion we'll mention when there's lottery winnings, but it's unique sometimes on what Florida man does with his lottery winnings, or or how he goes about. It. Even this story is unique. Uh, here's a guy who uh, was doing scratch offs in Tampa. Maybe your friend yeah. could, could get on board with this. Forty um, eight year old. Tell me if this sounds like a. Florida name Dax Valenti. Oh my goodness, that sounds like one of Rod Baber's shady yep. names. Dax, Dax. D a x, Valenti, V a l e n t i, of Temple Terrace, Florida, and he went and started to buy some scratch tickets and said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go the whole fifty bucks on this. He fifty dollars on a scratch ticket." It was a 500X cash scratch-off from a 7-Eleven in Tampa. Scratched the ticket, wins, and because it was the 500X on the 50, he wins $1 million wow. on a scratch-off. $1 million. Uh, he did like you said you would do, like Jeff Howell says he would do, uh, one-time lump sum payment, yeah. $820,000. The gas station or the convenience store where the ticket was sold received a $2,000 bonus commission. Mm. So, uh, yeah, $50 scratch off, $1 bucks. Now, you got regular Florida stuff. Um, you got a man arrested in Cocoa Beach trying to rip off a woman's bathing suit. Mm. Uh, Cocoa Beach Police Department said an unidentified woman was walking into a public restroom in a park... On Tuesday, a man, later identified as 31-year-old William Edward Russell Jr., approached her, immediately attacked her in the bathroom stall, and tried to rip off the uh, bathing suit. Started screaming. He ran. They got him. They busted him. Uh, so Good. yeah, there, there's that. That's that's the Florida man story we've seen. Then you get the double word score here. You got Florida man and an alligator. So yes, it 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 happens, right? Uh, this happened in uh, Titusville. Seventy-two-year-old Florida man lost his leg in an alligator attack late last week near his Titusville home. So he called. Uh, he called nine one one. He said, "Well, how did it happen? Remember the story we were telling you yesterday about the alligator." Uh, hanging out by the entrance of the Coastal Outfitter store in my vacation area, Sunset yeah, Beach, North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Guy opens his door and the alligator's right there on the front doorstep. Oh, no. The alligator did everything but ring the bell. Yep. Attacked him and tore off his leg. So they go looking for the alligator. They found him swimming in a nearby canal. The man's foot's in his mouth. Oh, uh, there was another alligator that wanted a bite of it as well, so to speak, and went over there, and they wound up having to put down both alligators, and they went over and opened up the dead alligator's jaws, pried them open, got the foot out, and took it back to the man and said, here's your foot. Yeah. Florida man. Lost his foot. Got it back. So, Yeah. That's the Florida man story, if ever there was one. Um, that's our inconceivable. But again, we'll uh, we'll keep you uh, updated. I love these uh, suggestions and submissions we're getting from folks on the specs text line about fractured phrases. Some people said somebody said that song by John Mellencamp, "Ain't That America?" When I was a teenager, I used to think was "Ain't That a Miracle?" Uh, Henry from Gerald uh, asked me about Houston. Says yes. Um they're playing better ball of late. They are, but they're one oh eight in the RPI in twenty one and sixteen. So hopefully Cougars can get it turned there. And uh Bad Moon on the rise. Somebody said there's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> We've heard that one before. Uh C V says, What about the big Mick at McDowell's? Yeah, they might have the special sauce too. And uh, this West Texas boy used to think the song Rock Me Amadeus by Falco was Rock Me Armadillos." (laughs) Team Watson joining us coming up next hour here on Light the Tower on the Horn.